Welcome to the New Zealand International Film Festival podcast series. This Q&A follows the screening of Mōte Iwi, Carving for the People. Director Robin Greenberg is in conversation with Erina Tamipo. Well, that was an amazing um, couple of hours. Having a glimpse, it's still only a glimpse into the life of Rani Peters and his amazing wife, Erinora, who obviously features really predominantly. And focusing on his incredibly talented whānau, Robin, it was a privilege to sit there and watch it. And I've been involved in toy Māori um, myself, but I, as I was saying to you earlier, nobody has actually done a film about Māori carving. So you're the first, so congratulations and thank you for taking such a dedicated and caring and professional outlook on it. It was really inspiring. So sometimes we think that um, Māori stories can only be told by Māori, and what they need to be told by is by people who have empathy, compassion, intelligence, and connection, and you have all of those. So, Kanu to me, Kiaki Robin. So I better put a question on there. You said that this had been a labour of love that had taken over 20 years to come about. Can you talk to me about your relationship with the Hitefano because it's obviously incredibly close. They were very trusting of you. And I don't think they held anything back from you either. So can you talk to me about your connection with them, please? Firstly, thank you very much for your comments and your aroha for, for us and for the film. And uh, this uh, film, Moti Iwi, uh, came about almost as if by surprise, but at the same time, it seems to have been full circle uh, for us, um, representing the third collaborative film um, between the Kano and myself. Uh, the first film, Tutanga to Weaving for the People, which was my first um, film festival film, which finished in 2000, actually started on. Um, on a meeting with Edinora when I first moved to Wellington um, in 1995, I had my first home in New Zealand was in Christchurch, and uh, because I had shifted to Wellington but was working on an environmental film in Christchurch, it was suggested that I have an advisor in Wellington, and that person was Edinora. So on the very day that we met, just a month after I moved to Wellington, she invited me to begin working with her, and that film um, five years later became Tutangata. And um, so the journey uh, started from there. She, um, order became like a mother to me, um, a great mentor and a great friend. And uh, during the years of making Tutankata, um, during which um, Rani was very careful to evade the camera at all costs in her four years of filming. And, um, but I learned uh, during those years of um, some footage that Rani himself had shot with one of the first VHF cameras that became available to the public in the late 80s, and he um, decided to film the making of the two Wakatoa that he was responsible for, which featured some of our archival footage in the film. And um, it was with Edinora's vision that that footage should become a film, and uh, towards our second film, He Wakahono Tangata, a canoe that unites the people, which came to the festival in 2005, that was the first time that Rani had agreed to be on camera. And um, 
I think had we not made that film, um, we may never have been able to, to make this film. Um, and uh, tragically, I don't know, have passed away as a very uh, you know, young, young woman in her mid-60s and um, has left everyone perhaps still all these years later and, and me creatively so because at the time when we were completing our second film, she was just buzzing with ideas about what we, we would do next together, but I didn't know what, what that would be. So um, some years later when Lillian contacted me about the idea for this film, thanks to um, an initial suggestion by Sir Hedini Mokomid, document her dad's life, um, then I felt this film was meant to be. So we persevered over a number of years to um, to bring it to fruition, and we're so grateful to uh, the film festival to have this opportunity to um, launch the film on the big screen the way we, we wanted it to be seen. That was a well, long answer, sorry. No, it was a fantastic answer. I think you've had seven films in the film festival, so you've got a very good reputation. That's why they didn't hesitate to put it in there. Um, so, you're an independent producer and director. Do you want to talk to me about that? Because getting a film of that size up would cost money, and financing is usually the crippling factor when you want to bring a, you know, a dream to fruition like this. So, what were the hurdles there for you, finance-wise? A lot. <laughs> And um, I should say that I, I probably am a producer by default. I don't think it's necessarily my my forte, but um, someone has to do it, and that someone is usually unpaid, so it has to be me. And um, but Lillian, um, credit to Lillian Hetet Owen, who um, had the um, amazing gumption to be able to step into her mum and dad shoes to um, become co-producers. So it was that partnership that really um, supported one another. And um, uh, we initially received a grant from Creative New Zealand, which we were very grateful for in the very early years of the project. I think they understood um, not only the importance of, of Rani and his story, uh, but also understood our collaboration of many years, which I think um, continues to kind of befuddle a lot of our funding models. <laughs> and um, so that was an awesome start, and we, we saw a lot of names and um, thank yous and some probably in the audience today of people who contributed through our Kickstarter campaign, which Lillian oversaw. And um, finally, the Film Commission came in at the very 11th hour to help us finish. So, But there's been so much generosity gone into the film um, from the music that you commented on. Um, uh, to the production crew and the funnel and the wider community. So we're just indebted to um, just everybody coming on board to ensure that we could make it um, to the finish line and especially keeping, even despite the lack of financial resources, the highest production values, I hope, you know, to mirror, you know, the phenomenal um, artistry and excellence of, of Rani and all of the funnel. Yes, I thought the production values were really high. That's why I was questioning, are you sure you didn't? Sure, you didn't have enough money, but um, apart from that, you managed to coerce an extremely like a ma man who's very shy into talking really openly and candidly. And I know he's quite particular; he's meticulous about his work. So, how was he around the whole filming and how you were going to use it? Did he question what the outcomes were, or did he just have a a, a trust in you because of your relationship? It's a really big question, which you probably would need to ask Ronnie. Um, 
However, um, I would say that it's really credit goes again to um, my co-producer and dear friend, Lillian Hetedon is like a sister to me and she had a lot of convincing to do for her dad um, to let him know it wasn't about him, but it was for the photo and for the future. And um, I, she was following in her, her mom's role to um, for that convincing. And, um, and yeah, I'd like to think that all the years of are knowing one another that there's been a sense of mutual you know trust that's developed and um, I felt very privileged as much as this is a long film and I thank you all for lasting the mile um, there was so much footage that didn't um, come into this film because um, part of our unique relationship too ever since uh, our first film uh, Tutangata um, is that I don't keep copyright as a filmmaker. It's always been my belief that the stories belong to the Fanel and so we'll see the copyright is in that vein. And, and so therefore for this film to um, Fanel that we um, met with and interviewed around the country, we're, we're very um, happy to share a lot of stories, some of which were in the film and some of which are private, will be um, you know, part of the Fanel archives now. So. So how long did it actually take to make? Because, I mean, you've done three films with the family now, and all I can think of is the impact on editing and the cost that incurs, which we won't talk about money again, but what, how long did that actually take? Well, I think the process of editing and post-production for this film is, has been more lengthy than any other film because of the sheer volume of footage that, that we were able to, um, to film, as well as... Um, since our filming began together in 1996, so we have a huge archive of footage that we've collected over the years for the previous two films, and plus, um, for us, it's a real celebration that the footage of the creation of Waikato Marae in Lower Hutt existed, that the National Film Unit had the foresight to choose that meeting house. It was a really long journey to get access to that footage, but it is just amazing to see um, to bring that to life in, in the film on the big screen as well. What I loved about it, I love lots of things about it, but I guess it makes you look differently at carvings, look differently at Tani core, at everything in a, in a funny way that you see, because they aren't just empty designs, they have weight, purpose, history, whaka papa behind them. What, what is it you hope? Will be the big takeaway for audience. Is that what it is, or is it something else? Well, I think for both uh, Lillian and I, and I know that she'd hope to be here today and could probably convey that um, more eloquently than I can. Um, but I think for both of us, um, it's the idea that there's a window into the world that we hope that this film creates, and in Lillian's beautiful words, that, that now we can walk through the door of and just deepen our awareness, our appreciation. Absolutely. Now, does anybody have a, a question they'd like to ask? This is an incredibly dedicated filmmaker who was described as adventurous because taking on a kaupapa as large as this is quite, can be quite daunting. When you have somebody with the mana, you know, that, um, that he has, who helped you deal with that, actually? Just for yourself. If you want, if you've got a question, just put your hand up. No? Okay. Who helped you deal with any misgivings you might have had? Well, I suppose um, for Montiini, then Lillian has been, you know, just the most awesome um, partner and 
I also have to say that despite um, Heather Mungabat not being here with us physically, I feel she continues to guide me, wakes me up in the middle of the night if I'm, you know, angsting about a decision with the editing. So I think, you know, um, I think we can't all know how we're all connected in this life. And mm -hmm. uh, so I felt support on different levels from 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 all the Fano and uh, all the relationships. And I also just wanted to acknowledge because um, my son Jasper is sitting in the front row. Would you like to sit up, Jasper? Sit up, Jasper. <laughs> he's, <laughs> so, uh, he's on the film. Yes, and Jasper grew up quite a lot in this film. I've seen little spots of Jasper throughout, and um, and I think we've been so blessed to just um, be anchored by this funnel in Wellington, and um, and I continue to learn and grow and have um, just so much respect, and we feel so privileged to you know be part of this journey of, of this film. I can give you the names of at least six more Maori artists if you want to do some more documentaries. <laughs> Oh, you've done a terrific job. Oh, I, I would, I would say yes once I dig myself out of the hole of finishing this one. <laughs> I, I loved, um, I loved his insight into Tapu. It's quite interesting, actually. I do know, I do know Maori artists, and to have it explained, because it is very, very common sensible. If that's the word, common sensible. It's common sense, isn't it? And we've we've put such a lot of mystique around Tapu. And actually, when you hear the artist say, I know it's tapu to blow on the chips, it's actually because they get in your eyes. You know, it's, don't be stupid. <laughs> what did you learn? Did you learn anything new when you were, like, from a tikanga point of view? Or oh, I've learned so much. <laughs> in fact, um, uh, an interesting story that uh, I haven't really shared much is for our previous film, and I first really started to, you know, to get to know. Rangi, um, uh, he sent me, just in the way that he describes the stories, he sent me on the path. I had to learn how to make a walker to learn how to make that film <laughs> by looking at um, many, many hours of footage. And it was only once I studied everything that I could come and ask him questions. And so I think it's been a little bit of a similar journey here that, um, you know, it's uh, the challenge is put back um, to me also to do my work. <laughs> I think it would be because Honi Taipa that he's renowned for being a really hard man, you know, like what um, what was being said here tonight by Rangi was was really soft, <laughs> but um, and in, in a way he's doing the same thing because by doing that you have an appreciation and it stays in your brain. So I did a lot of learning tonight when I watched that film. Um, it was amazing. I'm so proud. Of, of your work, I'm proud, obviously, of Rangi and Eva Nora, and I want to see many more documentaries made like this on our people. We're probably not here anymore. Okay, so from the bottom of my heart, Kanu Tinehi Kiakui, Eva, and thank you. Thank you.